Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome along to another exciting episode of Overlooked and Undercooked, episode 7, same hotel room, same timeline as the previous episode with Ev Gamble, in fact our guest for this episode was in the room for half of that episode. Cameoed. Uh, in the in the uh, made a little remark to Tim <laughs> yeah, at one point. There so, were yeah. sides, uh, and now he's front and center. He's got a microphone in his hand. Please welcome to the podcast the brilliant Ray Bedrin. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Tim. How are you? G'day, Ray. It's nice to see you. I don't think I've seen you for some time, actually. Uh, is that I commented that you, you look different. You look oh, svelte. I've lost a bit of weight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Was that intentional or is that part of that thing that can happen when you're a comedian, you move overseas and you don't have any money and things go south? Nah, it was intentional and it was, yeah, intentional and been took, took took a bit of a year or so, but yeah, it was all right. To be clear as well, you look great and that's what I said when you walked in. I said, Ray, you look great. You don't look poor, you look great. I don't love the, I don't love this chat about me. My Fair period. enough. I love the attention, but not yep. about the appearance. Not I about the, the, not about the. You haven't really spent enough time with one. I mean, the only time you've spent together in this room has been consuming real Rob. So it's hard for him to have a sort of cosmic sense of how you're doing. That's very true, actually. And it's very complimentary. So I'm not, I'm not, uh. Although you, I think of everyone we've watched the show with, uh, you did seem to find the most to laugh at. Well, you know, you guys, because I, I heard the second half of the last podcast and you guys were so harsh on it and Rob Snyder, I was like, well, it can't Don't be, be afraid of actually talking to the microphone. Oh, as well, all right, right, yeah, sorry. Uh, it, I said it can't be that bad. I thought it can't be. And then I watched it and the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, this is worse than they actually described. And then second half there's some funny moments some funny little you know do you know what's mad though about this particular guest we've got on this particular episode is that the the three of us actually kind of made a show not formatically that dissimilar from what rob's sort of tried to do like what, a what do you mean a heightened situational comedy starring oh, Ray yeah, Bedrick, co-starring guy montgomery that uh, i think is probably still available on australian comedy central made on the whiff of an oily rag it should be. It was called No Experience Necessary. What yeah, about I like, produced, I think, from memory. And did he talk sound. down? Does he talk to camera, like break the fourth wall like that? 
Number used to. a lot. <laughs> no, there used to be talking heads, uh, but they scrapped that sometime in the first season. And to be fair, there was a moment early in this episode where it seemed like he was barreling the camera and talking to us, the audience. But I think it was, an it was just sloppy yes. movie making and he was actually looking just off of camera and talking as though to someone. And so he wrote and produced this himself. He um, wrote, yeah, he did. He, directed, he writes, stars, directed, didn't direct. Oh, yeah, did he, he directs it. He Does directs he? it, he writes it, he stars in it, he produces it, he bankrolls it. The whole thing. What's the budget for like an episode, did you know? I don't, well, I don't know. Well, like, why that. wouldn't they retake shit? Why wouldn't they, you know, when they Do make so many mistakes in it? Well, we're just assuming they haven't based on what we see on the screen. But an even more devastating truth could be that that is the fifth attempt at getting no, the No, he out. said the word... He didn't even say the word right. Um, What was the word? Yeah, Anarchy. Anarchy. Fuck, why would you... Yeah. Well, because he had a lot of lines to learn in that particular monologue and there were no cutaway options. So they what was the best one. What was funny is this. This line, if you haven't seen the show... You don't know, just this line, it is quite funny. One, one of the characters said, Rob's assistant said to his uh, soon-to-be fiancé, when, uh, when that bear almost ate your brains out, I knew I loved you. And I got a bit of a laugh from that. Yeah, I did have a bit of a laugh from that. I, uh, I can hear Tim having a bit of a laugh. It's a funny <laughs> line. No, just I think remembering Tim, what you, you said. Could put next to it, you could put next to it Mark Twain. You could put like someone, you know, you could put that and you'd be like, oh, and just you're, come you're, on a, You're a big believer that funny's funny. You said, yeah, well, you said it, doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter what the context, that's funny. That's well, funny on the page. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well, the whole, other thing about the show, it's hard to tell because... You know, Juice Bigelow and, and like the movies and stuff like that. It's just absurd humour all the time. The joke's so over the top. And then there are times where there's things like that in the show, but then most of it seems to be pretty grounded in reality and like almost dark humour at times and stuff and like curb, sort of Curb-esque style. Um, but it's not... And then, But then sometimes it's just so absurd. Like... I don't really... No, quite it's, do, it's tonally so, confused. I yeah, couldn't figure see. out the tone. But then that line, I was saying... Would be funny in any 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 context, absurd. I would argue um, it wasn't funny on the screen, and it's still not funny when you're saying it right now. <laughs> I mean, there's alliteration to it. There's a lot of things, you know, <laughs> brains, bears. I don't think they said brains though. That's the thing. Did no, he definitely, he, he definitely he did. Yeah, brain, I think. Right. Yeah. Um. So beyond that line, what what else did you? I mean, could you? Because I feel like, and this might not be fair. I took a few photos of you while while you were watching the show. That isn't yeah. fair. And uh, it appeared to me that you maybe weren't invested in it the whole way through. No, I zoned out a couple of times. It's hard to follow the story. Like, like I mean, I because I just came in so late in season. I mean, I, I don't know. Are all the episodes I, I, connected I, I, or not I at all? I think it's quite unreasonable for you to expect you know to understand more or less than anyone else watching this particular episode. There's no genuine through line there's no arc there's no Can character I say development this, well Rob Snyder I didn't know I didn't really realise he was playing himself or a heightened version of himself I, I, I fully understand the sense of confusion because we we bring on a you know a different special guest each episode but the thing that's important to remember is that Guy and I feel that same sense of confusion having the entire context of yeah, the previous yeah. season and a half there's no rhythm or rhyme that, I mean they've got a character I just Ed Gamble was too much of a gentleman to take my money, but I bet him that they wouldn't have a character that recurred over two episodes, such as my lack of faith in this show. Oh, yeah. wow. And so she did come back. Everything came credit. back. That was quite a self, uh, like a well contained episode, that yeah. one. Started with what, the bear. Can, on. 
well, it didn't start with the beer. It what? started with him going. The assistant going camping. He's going camping. Oh, I like. I like the fact that they're playing themselves. I like that. That was. That, <laughs> what that, is that, this bar? You've set the show to clear. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to be nice to the show because you were so mean to it no, last you time. Start. You start at the beginning. You tell us what happened in that episode. Tell oh, us what happened plot. in that episode? He's talking to the assistant, and the assistant says, "I want to borrow your lantern." And he's like, you can't borrow my lantern. Oh, that was this was the fucking horrible part. And I was like, this is... He goes, what happens if there's an electromagnetic storm or some shit like this? And the sun shoots out rays and destroys all... And I'm not, I'm not making this worse, if anything. If you're listening, I'm making this better. You know, I'm, I'm dumbing this down. It was, it was like... So many chip crumbs on you. Oh, I did eat a lot of chip crumbs. What's that there? It's still weird. Oh, that's a sorry, big one there. I've interrupted yeah. you. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't know that he was on a roll. No, but, I, I... All right. Um, so he, they have this conversation about the lamp. Yes, and he t- says, what happens if there's an electromagnetic storm and the sun cuts off all the p- power in the whole world? What will I use then? Then we'll be screwed. And the guy's like, oh, and he goes, you can't borrow my lamp. Then they lend him the lamp. They lend him the lamp. So you think, this, this is a whole weird first five-minute sequence. And um, the wife actually lends him the lamp because he's going camping with who I find out from you guys is uh, a yoga teacher. But yeah, he's going on a camping trip with her. So two episodes. How long have they known each other? Two episodes. Since an episode ago. Wow, camping, well, you- camping second date's pretty, yeah, pretty no, big. It's, well, big it's it? hard to figure out how much time has lapsed between episodes because that is a huge... I mean... That's but, the other thing. Rob Snyder's wearing a suit at the beginning. Like, he's always wearing a fucking suit. You know, people in shows in America, they wear suits a lot, you know? Like... <laughs> they're always wearing how often do you wear a suit you never wear a fucking suit you Where's know like a wedding and stuff does, like that they wear take, them like to breakfast They have, he's having yeah. breakfast and it, he's wearing a suit it doesn't take much to justify why <laughs> the character would wear a suit even if no you were going to wear a suit that day you wouldn't have worn the suit to breakfast like he wore it you know the tie was done up so perfectly you would never wear it you would go down without the jacket on without the tie you know if you were wearing a suit every day and he never wears like then he wears that suit at the end and I'm like why the fuck's he wearing another suit with a big purple tie <laughs> and he's going for the big meeting and I get that that's the through line with a bit of uh, what the suit is the through line yeah the suits <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of the first right you fucking lost <laughs> that's it that's the end of the first it's scene sort of like the, <laughs> no no the through that? line the through line is fucking Rob Steiner going for the meeting it's Rob Steiner's career and he's trying to get it back on track and it's meant to be a big sob story and like oh no this is his first break and like an insight to his mind or some shit like that did you feel sympathy for him oh, of course not he's a fucking narcissistic Hollywood like you know oh I'm gonna get a big break anyway He's a maniac, so, isn't he? But, um, but no, this episode oh, you say, features an interesting feature, which is someone worse than Rob, I would argue. Who's worse than Rob? Oh, as a human being? Yeah, the dude. The the Mexican co-star. Um, oh, the director? The, no, no, no. <laughs> the fucking dude starring alongside Rob Schneider's oh, wife. Oh, yeah, Tracy. yeah. But he's so much of a caricature, like he's not based in reality. Like, Rob Schneider's like... This guy's like a... Just a crazy side character. Like he sniffs all so girls' hair. This is, this is a character. He's keep sniffing the hair. It's a character we've seen before. It's the co-star in Patricia's uh, soap opera, and it's someone that we know Rob is jealous of. And he's and a stud. They've they've flown to Mexico. He's flying to support her. Hot stuff. Yeah, on this talk show uh, junket that she's doing, and he's watching. He's watching in the green room as they do this sort of interview, and this guy is draping himself all over Patricia. He's like giving her back rubs he's in the putting, middle of the interview. Yeah, putting her hand on his face. He's sniffing her hair he on sniffs, camera. He sniffs not just her hair, like, and that was that was the other part where you're like, 
it started in reality and then it's kind of getting absurd. But I don't think you mentioned it when we watched it like this. This this is their attempt at subtle, but like yeah, he was meant to be flirting with her on camera, and he's sniffing sniffing a hair like as if as if that's even that's not even absurd. That's not even in the range of flirting. You know, I don't. That's how Rob Schneider seduces women. Mm. So it's like you can't even accept him as anything other than a cartoon, basically. No. I think the best character is the assistant, and I'm guessing from I, I, he's the one with the least experience out of anyone in the show. Like you know, well, he's as a performer, he's come a long way because his he and reflecting on reflecting on his performance in the first season said it was the worst thing he's ever done. Did he? Did he? Had he ever acted before? You wouldn't. You so. wouldn't think so. I think. But I think he's better than the. He's Rob he's Schneider's than the wife opener on or, tour. I or think. Rob Schneider. He's better than the wife or Rob. Well, well it's that interesting thing, isn't it? That a, a little, um, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, and what Jamie has is no knowledge at all. So yeah, it's sort of. Yeah. I also think dangerous. more than that, the reason you might There's have warm, warmed to him in this episode is because. So, like you said, we're sort of stuck in this storyline where Rob is very jealous of the co-star, and he's sort of behaving in a very reprehensible way but no one's calling him out he's sort of getting away with it and yeah. Rob got know, away, for, got he, away he gets angry and angry destroying his knee yeah and so Rob Schneider they're temping bowling and this guy keeps bowling strikes and Rob keeps bowling keeps bowling gutter balls and eventually Rob gets so to, angry to be, to be fair he is being incredibly antagonistic to Rob oh absolutely yeah. And Rob, you know, you do eventually. Yeah, you said at one point you said they've done the impossible. I feel bad for Rob, but then Rob undoes all of that by on his backswing for one of his bowls, slams the ball into his knee, and then what is one of the most graphic sort of pieces of visual storytelling this show has deigned to deliver? You you see the knee get pushed backwards, uh, beyond high extent, snaps, yeah, like snaps yeah, into like a, a but, like a. But so angle. this, what, I guess what I'm trying to say, this storyline isn't tethered to reality. It's sort of like, it's not absurd. It's not real. It's just, it's in no man's land. But then the reason you would warm to Jamie is all of a sudden we're on camp and we're watching the opening stages of a genuine ro- romance. Like the, the storyline, it's very clear what they're doing there. It's like two people who are falling in love with each other and finding out how to communicate it t- to each other. It's like a fucking oasis of a relatable storyline inside this bizarre world. All, the, all up to, because before he goes camping... Apart from the lamp, Patricia, Rob's wife, offers to give him a beluga. Is it called a beluga? A beretta. Beretta. A beluga is a type of whale, I believe. I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. A beretta is yeah. like a tiny little... So, I mean, there was a lot of shit that happened. I forgot about this. I forgot about these scenes, actually. <laughs> I, uh, so she, you know. He gets offered a gun and then Rob offers uh, him a tiny knife he used to take on scouts trips. Rob also belittles him at one point as well. He's, a, he's not a great manager. I think he gets Rob if he gets the director's name. Uh, yeah, of the job that comes in. Rob, Rob belittles half of the gags in this are Rob belittling uh, Jamie. But so they they go camping, and it's all very real and quite relatable until this bear interrupts their their moment. And uh, oh, the bear's great. And here's the setup. Um, I think it's a, is it a Werner Herzog movie? Oh yeah, the, the Grizzly, Grizzly Man. Man. Yeah. Um, where spoiler alert, a dude gets fucking eaten by a bear. Yeah. Um, who hangs out with grizzly bears for ages. And they sort of reference it and have a big chat about it, which sets up, um, you know, kind of the setup and the punchline is that the eventual fiance of Jamie gets fucking mauled. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. It's outrageous. And he, pro- he, propo- Truly outrageous. he proposes to her after she's been mauled by a bear. Do and you- while she's probably losing quite a lot of blood. Is this, the, is, in the other episodes, is there like curb sort of. Like it felt like a lot of like it's, he was heavily inspired by Kirby. Very obvious this, that yeah. he's been inspired by Kirby enthusiasm. What is not as obvious is whether or not he's watched a whole episode of Kirby enthusiasm <laughs> through or has any understanding of what makes that show function. 
Well, like the gags in between and all the dialogue gags, it's just it's Rob Snyder's gags, and then they just don't fit, or they're not, I don't know. This doesn't. So, Ray, as someone who has made a, a you know a TV show about oh, a heightened version of themselves, just, yeah, as a comedy performer, you know, did you did did any of that connect with you? The sort of the difficulties of putting that on screen, or oh, totally. When I look back at that, if how I would improve it, would I be? I mean, apart from flying in from England and like the day before and stuff like that, I would reduce him. I mean, it was so low budget, so no. But like, if we could all reduce. In particular, if I could have reduced the amount that I had to do beforehand, I could have focused a little bit more on the acting of it and stuff. But we improvised our lines most for the most part, like you know. So, and I feel like that gave it a pretty good organic tone. Whereas, though, that's sort of obviously like that with that anarchy line that got stuffed up. Anarchy. Yeah, he's written big like sort of dialogue things they've got to yeah. hit. And he doesn't His big hit spiel about the um, the solar flares knocking out the electricity and, and chaos ensuing was um, it was quite the tear he was on. But that, see, yeah. that, considering he does like directing as well and all that, I mean, that, you know, it is absolute dog shit. And the first ten minutes of this show, it was it, I could not believe when I saw Netflix come up afterwards. I couldn't believe it was on. I just couldn't. And then when it finished with season two, it's so shit. So I'm not, but. Rob Snyder himself doesn't do the worst job, like as uh, given given every, the characters fucked and the story's no, but, fucked no, and the but dialogue's that is Rob Snyder doing the worst job because that's the job he's given himself. <laughs> if you're in charge of everything, you don't get credit for parts of yeah, what you're in charge no, of not being as okay. bad as other parts of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I suppose maybe he focused too far on like the acting or how he's presented. Like, he's to the, the only microphone, one. Ray. Come oh, on. sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, you know, I did a gig last night. I mean, Even is, now, you're not oh, talking about I, did a, I did a gig last night, and this is quite ironic. <laughs> Even now? Oh, no, what? Right. How? Right. How? Right. I can't. I'm going to be eating it. Eddie. Yeah, um, so I did a gig last night at this, uh, at a comedy c- club in London, and in the toilets, they had a poster. They run a comedy class there or some, some shit like that on one day. Do you, like, had, do you believe in comedy classes? <laughs> No, can but I don't. Te- I don't. Can you not, teach funny? I don't. Not. Oh yeah, you can, but I don't. Or you can teach people that the system to get funny, to get good at stand up. I mean, I whether how funny or not they are is is pretty subjective. But yeah, I don't, I'm not like I'm against them, but not like hard out against them. Like they shouldn't exist. What or would you, like what, that. If you were teaching a comedy class, what would be what would what would be the basics you'd teach someone? I just. I well, I once at the in Sydney. The they got funding um, by the city of Sydney. The Sydney Comedy Festival did, and so Michael Workman and I had it taught taught a class of stand up comedy, which was pretty funny. So I, I had a few few students out there, a couple of proteges out there, just running around. That's <laughs> 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 Alice. Then, yeah. um, then, then got a couple of out there. <laughs> Alice is absolutely losing her mind. Oh, yeah, so. and what, what tips did you give the proteges? Mate, I said, you know, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of some funny shit now that we did, but no, I was just, I mean, I, I was very self-effacing. I said I shouldn't have been there and they shouldn't have been doing it and stuff this like that. This is an awful lesson. I know, but I didn't want to tell them like I knew everything. A, work, my, a workman or Cassie, uh, but Michael at the time, he was so adamant. Uh, he was so like passionate about like what had to happen and stuff like that. 
And I was kind of like, right. Oh. This started with you beginning to <laughs> well, tell he, an anecdote about what happened last night. Oh, then night, you said so. about the microphone. Did the know. microphone? I'm not oh, blaming so, you. I just so, want to hear what. This ironically, story is. Oh, all I was going to say was, ironically, I was in the bathroom last night. I saw a sign for a comedy class. And they had the list of things that was in the comedy class, and one of them was like that they would teach you. And I didn't actually read it, but I just saw one that said mic technique. And I'm like, you can't advertise that at stand-up <laughs> comedy. You know what I mean? Like, And that's even optional too. You can leave it in the stand. You don't need... I mean, I, the irony being is I've fucked, fucked this <laughs> up the, the whole time. And I'm a professional comedian, but... Um, yeah, I didn't. My my technique. That's a bit. That's a bit much to advertise selling that. Well, I mean, it wouldn't kill you to take the course. Yes, it would. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during uh there was a pandemic i don't know if you remember and the benefits were immediate and long lasting they help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations honestly it's changed my life for the better i guess that's why they call it better help get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10 percent off your first month that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Ray, what did you make of uh, the, as far as I can tell, apart from the three key characters in this, which is Patricia, Patricia depending on who you ask, or Patricia, and I mean within the show, they say yeah. it differently, Rob and Jamie. Um, as far as I can tell, apart from those three, the only recurring character ever, which is the yoga teacher, yes. whose name I forget. Vegan yoga teacher. Vegan yoga teacher. <laughs> Matilda, their daughter. Every, every character it's is... not Matilda. Oh, the no, son was. Your daughter's a, got a different oh. name, but I take the point. Anyway, my my the question I was eventually leading down was, what did you make of her? Did you think she did a good job? Um, yeah, she wasn't in it enough. I mean, she's such. She's just one of these characters that's such a stereotype that um, that over the top stereotype again. That it was like she was kind of kind of. I funny, thought she not was basic. a good actor. That's, I thought she but did a, a really vegan, good job. Vegan yoga teacher. It's so annoying, and like the the the. Uh, 
the, the Mexican director. Like there was every character so over the top. So yeah. like you can't really. That's Haley Duff. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, she's she is a performer. Yeah. yeah. Before I, I noticed that you haven't used the word actor. Wow. I don't quite know what she's famous for. And who is that? She's... Who is that director? The director was a big director, right? I actually oh, don't know. yeah, that smacked of a cameo, eh? But I didn't know who he was. A Mexican director. Yeah, um, he's he won, probably won best, best best phone. Oh, you said his name, Alejandro. Yeah. I'm going to research something. it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, obviously not as impressed as I was by her chops. I tell you what, I was amazed at. I mean, I found out from listening to the back half of the last podcast, but that they were husband and wife in real life. What part of that surprises you? The chemistry was so bad between them and they were awkward and yeah. like there was just scenes where they were awkward and and it also surprised me and this sounds that she was an actor also because she was so horrible. She's not good. She's by far so bad. I believe it, from memory, yeah, her background is is acting as well. Yeah. So make of that what you will. I what what is is it was an actor playing a role. It's not actually a director. Yeah. Uh, I oh, I've lost it. Oh no no no! What I was going to say, and the the show would never be brave enough to actually tackle a, a storyline that could you know have anyone's investment last longer than as long as they're talking about it. But the you know Patricia doesn't call out the behaviour of her co-star. No one does, and so we are to believe within the realm of the show that it's okay, and that in some way she's attracted to him. Which you know, all the evidence points to possibly yes. She says it she's, explicitly. Oh, is he reoccurring? How, how he's, he's been in an episode before as well. One she, episode she, before. Yeah. Toward the end of this episode, she keeps saying how hot he is. Yeah, yeah. and so she's she's she said almost she like wouldn't do anything. But behaves as, as will, willfully oblivious, and when Rob decides to destroy his knee with a bowling ball, yes. the fallout from that <laughs> is good sentence. is almost. You know, it's almost played in a way that suggests that their marriage could be on the brink. When they're flying back, mm. she won't talk to him. Mm. There's there, that discontent, very rarely for the show, lasts longer than the scene that it's taking place in. And, you know, you're almost watching a show where it's like, you said it would be like in Curb where Larry David does get divorced. Like, it would be so amazing for this show if they actually introduced some sort of jeopardy because it's cartoonish in that at the end of every episode, no matter how badly everything goes, how wrong the world of the show is, you know when you start watching the next episode, it's going to be reset and that, you know, none of it, none of it matters. And this, this episode twice in the romance between uh, Jamie and Hayley Duff in the tent and then again in the demise of their connection – comes right to the brink of actually becoming something which might be part of why I mean you see, great but you've gag. seen so many episodes more episodes see I I felt like at the very end of the episode which is a scene where Rob and his wife talk about him hitting the the guy with the bowling yeah. ball and he tells her I've got a big break I've got my first role in the movie in 20 years it's going to be great for us and it's all he's all emotional and he goes I'm going to be away for five months and he goes, we can FaceTime each other, which I found funny as a phrase as well. Like, you know, you don't need the each other. Like, we can FaceTime, yeah. you know? Like, talking about FaceTime and other people. Like, or just telling, telling her that we've, we've both got this function as well. Like, just a random fact within this. Big... So, but and then he goes, um, but then he sat down and she got, and he goes, when I went, or also, he gets a role for the movie. It's in Thailand. And he goes, when he tells his wife, he says, uh, "I've 
I've got a rehearsal tomorrow. Then I leave for five months in three days' time or something like that. Like it just happens that quick. Like you know, he got, he got yeah. it, and then he got, he's got to go in three days' time for five months. Oh, and he's been to be a martial arts expert in the movie to see how much they, they fucking <laughs> for that opening scene. They're not out to get you, right? No, for the <laughs> opening scene that was five minutes on the fucking lantern. You know, like five minute chat on this lantern. They. Pump in a lot of facts throughout the the rest of it, you know. They pump in a lot, like you know. Every every time I forget about it, he's a martial it's arts so expert. The director he's a martial... references Big Stan, which is a real life Rob Schneider film that I haven't seen, but I think he does martial arts in it. I yeah. think that's what that's all about. Yeah, he the, says that's t- that was ten years ago the, and a couple of hundred pounds. The w- the way that the the story t- it's like the the way that they sort of approach cohesive storytelling is not dissimilar to talking to a toddler where it's like occasionally they will stumble into something that works or is interesting or has value beyond like being impressed that a toddler is talking about this. But it's, it comes back to the thing of just all guessing. There's no control. There's no element of, you know, if you were selecting a car in Mario Kart, you'd have acceleration. Well, I mean, all of the star ratings would be low, but control would be the, the lowest possible rating. Like you know, this laboured analogy. This yeah, I've, I've lost. This I've lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, you struggle to keep up with real Rob. I'm not expecting yeah, you to keep right. up with real Monty, mate. Come on, go go. Finish the real Monty analogy. No, 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 no. I'd like to check in with real Ray. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, real Rob show is like in Mario Kart when you select the cars. And you go for one, they've all got low stats, but controls on the lowest. I'm quite happy that you haven't let this go, Ray. Well, don't act like you know what he's talking I about. I absolutely don't, but yeah, it would be exactly. just as easy for the two of us to let it slide and no, let it finish. But I like I the fact like, that we have it. We're held on so like in, to the Initially, fire. the analogy was it's like talking to a toddler, where it's like occasionally a toddler will stumble into something interesting, but they don't know that they've done that. Oh. Beyond gauging your response. Even a broken clock so right. Th- yeah, twice. and so they've got. A toddler has no control over whether or not they're being interesting or the conversation they're providing you with is interesting to you. Mm. So the control element is low. <laughs> in the same way as when you're selecting a car on Mario Kart, something that I played with you recently, which is yes, why I thought that Mario you, you of all people might enjoy the Well, I, I, get, I get the game. I get the reference. But I, I, oh, here he is. So <laughs> now I've kind of decided saying the way... A baby, right, will stumble upon some. No, it's like this, this, this. I get it, G- but I no, don't get G- it. G- right? I uh, would, the why, car in Mario would... Kart has no control, but occasionally you'll be driving so fast you'll stumble into the power ups. You I know, would, you'll I get would a power worry up. more the fact that you can't keep up with my analogy <laughs> if I hadn't watched you stumble through an episode of Real Rob uh, not fifteen minutes ago. I, look. I'm just a bit more like honest and giving. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Where's this coming from? You know, you look at things. Honestly, you want to analyze it all. You're analyzing the shots and stuff. I was just trying to like, you know, go with the flow. Watch a bit of real Rob. And yes, I admit it was fucked. It was the first ten minutes was fucked. Sweet Ray, sweet innocent Ray, trying the to first, tuck into a bit of the real. The first Rob. ten minutes were fucked, but there are certain things like. Latch onto the assistant. Wait for Absolutely. him to say a line. You know, Mate, wait for him wrong. to say a line. And you're then, not you, wrong, but you, here's you, the thing, Ray. That you ever got... watch? Like, that's how you enjoy watching a shit film. You know, you you've, get you got to latch into. You you want to, and you know, we're two very qualified people to be throwing that sort of um, uh, rebuke at. But I will say that this is a brand new thing that they've discovered of using Jamie to create some sort of hookable storyline that yeah. will rope the viewers in. Because this is a common thing from guests. They, they a, talk about him. He's being, a fucking uh, test dummy. You know test dummies in cars? Yeah. He's there in yeah. the show up until this point. This yeah. romantic interest thing is actually fucking compelling. It's the most compelling yeah. thing they've written. Have you ever seen show. the movie Burlesque? 
Christina Aguilera film. It's not. Very good, very good supporting cast. But yeah, that's that's another that's like one of the worst you'll ever see. And Christina Aguilera is the worst actor you've ever seen. But really? the supporting cast is so good. Have you seen Burlesque, Alice? Like it in a in a shit way. There's just one scene. There's one. <laughs> no one could see yeah, Alice. Just, she was vigorously nodding yes to yeah. everything. Oh right, yeah. Well, um, no, it is one scene in Burlesque, right? Um, so she's moved to New York to become a burlesque artist and to make it big in New York and stuff like that. And she's having tough times and it's up and da- ups and downs. And she, she writes a postcard. She goes to write a postcard home, right? So she writes out a postcard talking about her troubles in New York or whatever, miss you and stuff like this. And then she goes to write the two bit and the address and realizes she's got no one to send it to. So she rips it up and throws it out the window. So she writes a whole fucking letter, right, to... What? A very ambiguous letter, you'd what imagine, the, right? Like it's a letter that could go to anyone, to anyone. <laughs> this is what I'm. How can you write a letter? You see, you start writing it. You see, you write the postcard, and you see, you rip it up and throw it out this New York window, and it sort of go out the street. And I was just like, "Who the fuck was the letter to? <laughs> how can you write a letter to anyone? Like to anyone?" <laughs> what is what this? Is this? About. It's not an analogy. We're just talking. I, I did jumped off tangents. I did jump on a few tangents there to shit good supporting characters that you can latch on to, shit movies, and then I got onto this scene about burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, what was your favourite part of this episode of Real Rob? My favourite part was that line. Uh, the um, when that bear was eating your brains, I, I knew I loved you. You did genuinely love that. It, it got me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of, for the other reasons, like Rob Snyder's stuff, when his shit's bad, it's so bad, it's not funny. Yep. When the other character's stuff's bad, it's still bad and funny. Like the wife stuff, like she's such a bad actor and like, but it's still so funny when she just takes so long and to say, uh, and when Rob Snyder's, oh, just, it's so funny. Her, her But um, yeah, Rob Snyder's so bad, he's not funny. Yeah, but he's he's assistant. got conviction. Even assistant. in his, I think like his writing is terrible. Obviously, because he wrote it, and 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 this sort of like the broad direction is bad. But he does give a performance with conviction because he is playing himself. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he's a bad actor. No, actually, no, Rob Schneider. No, I think he comes across as the best actor in the in the thing. But yeah. um, uh, the line that line the Bears line. Um, that's pretty much it. Really. It's about it. Yeah. It's the one ray of sunshine. I mean, the the, the final bleak. scene with the wife and the, the the Rob and his wife was so um, was so awkward that that was pretty funny too. Yeah, but an unintentional one. Yeah, the beer line is probably the only thing that hit that they wanted yeah. you to enjoy. Have you like, had any genuine laughs in this show? This episode? Well, the whole the whole, yeah, this episode. It's yeah, the only I, one I know. Look, Throughout the sh- if we're going you know throughout the show I think it's been similar to you where they sort of trip over something that'll really get me like a yeah. turn of phrase that I don't think they intended to be funny but they've yeah. they've said something very awkwardly but in doing it it's like poetically funny yeah because yeah. no one talks like that yeah. you know they've said something which they think is like how people talk is like that is fucking crazy that that's dialogue yeah trying to um launder this crazy line you've thought of as real dialogue. But very few intentional things. I like. I liked the bowling ball in the knee, funny because it's it genuinely makes you sit up and say, "What?" You know, like it introduced the notion of real world consequences for what's happening. I do, you reckon, so- do you reckon? Do um, you reckon Rob Snyder's just got progressively 
like less funny as soon as he came on the camera. Like he was, his cameos in the Adam Sandler films were arguably quite funny, you know. And then Juice Bigelow was pretty funny, and then it just got worse. And then the it's hot just chick ended, was, ended to this. was funny. I, oh, I thought Juice Bigelow was the funny one, and then I thought they were all sort of unfunny I, after look, that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what I'm saying. He's it's it's the Mario Kart thing. It's the control. He's got no control. It, it always comes back to that. No, but did you not find it? Did you not find his that. cameos in the Adam Sandler things funny? Yeah, of course. So that was that's what you I'm saying. Can do it. His introduction started very funny, one line, and then it's just as time's gone on, it's it's ended up here. Yeah, it's just got progressively worse and not. I'll tell you uh, what, it wasn't great. funny, but honestly, that storyline with Jamie that he's genuinely got like a romantic entanglement now, I'm yeah. fucking on board with it. Yeah. Because I've been so starved of any real human connection or in investment. This yeah. Oh, that was quite funny too at the end where he, he meets. What's Rob Snyder's wife's name again? Sorry, Patricia. Patricia. So when he meets, and what's his name? What's the Rob? Jamie? <laughs> Jamie. No, uh, uh, Jamie. Yeah, when Jamie meets Patricia at the end, and uh, he says, tells her about the bear attack, and and tells her, about, and gets up. He, he doesn't goes, even lead with oh, the bear. He attack. doesn't even lead. This <laughs> is obviously the, no. the fucking headline oh, item actually, on that uh, trip. He does the exact opposite of what I said. He doesn't tell her about the bear <laughs> attack, but he gets up and he's alluding to like he's all right, and he, he says, oh well. I can't wait you to, for you to see um, what's the girl he, the girl he's dating. Oh, I don't know Haley Duff. Haley Duff. When he goes, oh, when her face gets better, uh, we'll all go speak to her. And then she's like, "What? What did you mean?" He he gets up and he's woozy, bandage around his uh, his arm, and he goes, oh, "Have you got a glass of orange juice? I just gave her all my blood." And then he passes out. <laughs> But then you never see him get up. No one ever helps him. But they don't go to another scene. And it's not you don't see him lying there. They just cut shot. And he's just, he falls out of shot, he just but they fall, stay in the room. But he doesn't really fall out of shot. He falls he, he falls in shot. Right, like, I'll falls challenge out of, you on that. He literally falls out no, of shot. No, falls out of shot would make it comically like he's out of shot. He falls and then they just change scene to another shot in the room. So, he, fall, he falls below the frame. Like, he, he oh, disappears yes, onto yes, the yes, floor. Yeah, we yes. live to imagine yes, he's yes. lying down in the bed. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I thought you meant like he sort of fell off camera or, oh, or yeah, something no. like that. No, he falls, on the, he falls on the ground. Yeah. And and he's he's moaning on the floor or something like that, and she's worried. But then Rob comes in, and then they just go sit on the couch, and it just cuts to a new angle of them sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I thought at this big heat of the moment, like and when it gets all emotional, like the guy was going to get back up again. I thought that was going to be the joke. But it just never gets back up again. It just goes to another scene. Yeah. So we're left to Check just wonder. wonder. And it never even comes back to him, that episode. So you will we see him again? You yeah, know? we that's will. What... You should have been in the writer's room, mate. That's <laughs> yeah. a nice little button on that scene. Uh, yeah. that, that's actually all we've got time for. But, Ray, thank you so much for enjoying Real Rob with us. Um, if people want to follow Ray, they can uh, send him an email. <laughs> gmail.com. Yes. That is your uh, email, right? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> My least preferred mode of uh, method of uh, and uh, just or, 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 no, you try get me back at uh, at gmail dot com or hotmail dot com. It's it's one of them. It's one of them. It's, it's neither one of those. That's my uh, social media. So if you want me on Twitter or Instagram, no, no, you no this isn't about guy. This I'm, is about I'm, Ray. I'm, I'm, I've kept my Facebook like open. Have you, you or you or use your real name on Facebook? Alistin's provider guys' do you, do actual all, email address. Do you all use your Do you all use your real names on Facebook and stuff? Yeah, and so do I. Mate, then, we're trying to wrap the fucking episode <laughs> with your social media tags. No, but like I, 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 so I've left it at that. But then I just add, 
I had my favourite approach. It seems like we're trying to wrap it up, and you go no, but and just continue with whatever ludicrous. Well, aside. this is a good story. <laughs> I've got to finish the story. So I've got. So I've let. I've let. I've just add people from comedy on there, and not just not just comedians. Like I add audience members. I let like anyone. I just add anyone, right? And anyone, you know, if someone sends me a message saying, "Hey, great show," and they add me friend request, I accept them. But I've had on multiple times now occasions people ring me that I don't know because you can ring people on Facebook oh, now. Of course, yeah. So I've rung, they've rung me like before a gig. People have rung me and go, "Hey, Ray, we're coming to your show tonight." I'm like, "Oh, cool, mate. Thanks for thanks for coming." So, <laughs> so fucking give so, them a yeah, buzz. You get get my phone number. Come on, come on over. Um, yeah, Easter 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 lunch or whatever. And um, Christmas lunch, yeah. so you can find Ray under his own name on Facebook. Give him a call; he'd love to hear from you. Well, you can find us all under our own names, and we'll catch and you Alice in the next episode <laughs> of Overlooked and Undercooked. Thanks again, Ray. Thanks for having me. Where do you get the name from? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.